Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Well, I just love, I got the great opportunity to get up to youth camp on Wednesday and uh, make myself feel young again. Yeah, which is really powerful. I just love I love seeing a thousand teenagers worshiping Jesus. Uh, it, it is just a beautiful picture of the future. And I know we heard the testimonies this morning, uh, and, and Pastor Joe brought that across so well. But I just, I just wanted to say thank you so much for giving toward that, um, because I believe it's the fruit that's going to come in the weeks and months to come of life change in teenagers' lives. I know my life was changed at a youth camp. Uh, I believe it was the, some of the starting points in my life as well uh, that God put me on track with what He had called me to do with my life. And I look forward to the future. I look forward to 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now of what God is going to do in our teenagers' lives and into the future, which is awesome. So yes, we are diving into a new series today called Hope of Glory. And uh, as a church, over the month of October, over these next four Sundays, we are going to be bringing out and, and talking about the book of Colossians. And, uh, and Colossians is an incredible book, and, uh, but Colossians 1.27 says, It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it really just sums up all of what Colossians is about. And, uh, but this whole series, uh, we're going to be putting blog posts up, which we did this week, uh, that are going to be just a, a little bit of a review or a blog about what that chapter was. And uh, we're starting today with chapter one. Next week will be chapter two and so on for four Sundays. And, uh, and I just love what God's going to do because I am praying that we're all going to be reading it together. We're all going to be falling in love and having a renewed love for the Word of God. I want to tell you right now, the Bible is God's Word. Who believes that today? It is God's Word. It is God's story of God speaking to us and, and showing us who He is. God's nature is all wrapped up in this book. God's heartbeat is all wrapped up in this book. God's story is all wrapped up in this book. I want to let you know today that Christianity is not the story of me or any other human being. It's actually the story of God, and we are invited into the story. And uh, I just don't think there's any other way to go deeper and understand God more without the Bible. It's actually got to be a part of that journey. And uh, I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're here today and maybe the Bible for you has been a little dry. Maybe, it's, maybe the Bible for you, you, you haven't understood it and you haven't gotten much out of it. But I want to tell you today is that when you come to know Jesus, when you get filled with His Spirit and His presence, the Bible then becomes the one book in all the world that the author lives inside of you. The one book. And I love the Word of God. And my prayer for all of us as a church is that the Bible is going to uh, be a new, have a new freshness for someone that may be a new Christian today or on a journey of discovery of God and Christ and church and all that stuff. Uh, my, my heart is that if you've been saved for a long time, maybe 30 years, maybe 50 years, there will be a renewed joy and a renewed love not only for the Word of God, but for what God is doing in us through the Word of God. I love this quote from John Wesley, the great revivalist. He says, I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore. 
God himself has condescended to teach the way. For this very end he came from heaven. He has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book at any price. Give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be a man of one book. What an amazing, amazing quote. Now, John Wesley was a very well-educated man. It's not like he didn't have a good library at home, all right? But he was saying, I want to live my life out of this book. If I'm going to base who I am and, and what I'm called to do, it's going to come from this. It's going to come from this book. Let me be a man. Let me be a person of one book. Amen. That's my prayer over this series of Colossians. So let's dive into this, this uh, first chapter. Now, Colossians as a book was written by Paul the Apostle. And uh, it was written between the ages uh, of 60 and 62 AD. Now, Paul was actually in prison during this time in Rome. And uh, he actually suffered a lot for his faith. And he was placed in there for preaching the gospel and planting churches and spreading the gospel across the, the Greco-Roman world. So a lot of the churches that were happening outside of Israel, they were mostly were planted through Paul and, and many that were involved in that ministry. And, uh, but here we have Paul in one of his uh, numerous imprisonments. Here he is uh, writing this letter to the Colossians. Now, Paul didn't start this church in Colossae. He didn't start it. He'd never visited that place. He'd never been there. Uh, but, but he had the person who had started the church. His name was Epaphras. All right. And Epaphras came to visit Paul in prison and, uh, and just to let him know how the church was going. Now, they were doing great. The gospel was moving throughout that whole uh, you know, region, and uh, the church was, was growing, and God was moving there. But something began to happen in that church where there were false teachers uh, that began to preach a message uh, to distract them away from Jesus Christ. And they began to question whether Jesus, the divinity of Christ, began to question whether or not, oh, are we truly saved? through this Jesus Christ? Is that, is, that, is that the truth or is it another way? And, and so here we have this fledgling new church and here Paul is, he's stuck in chains, he's in prison. And you know, you know if, if, that was, if that was me in that moment, I would have been on the next ship to Colossae. If that was me as a leader, I would have been going there. I'm like, I'm coming with you, Epaphras. All right, we're going on a mission trip. We're going to go and check out this church. We're going to help these people. We're going to get this thing back on track again. But he couldn't do that because he's in prison. And so what was suffering for him over 2,000 years ago is absolute joy and beauty for us today because he had to write a letter. He couldn't go. He had to write down what was in his heart and what he wanted to say personally to them. If he was not in prison, he would have just went there. But here we have a letter today. We have a part of the New Testament. Now, the Apostle Paul, he wrote over 60% of the New Testament. And most of it was because he was in prison and he couldn't go to places. All right? How many know that God's always got a plan? What was... What was a real suffering for him. Now, don't, don't think, man, it wasn't like the prisons today, all right? It wasn't like they had Netflix and Stan and, and their own personal TV. It wasn't like they, you know, had what they have, have today. The, it was imprisonment. You had to have be cared for by other people that would come and give you food and clothing and, and amenities and all those things, all right? Here he is. 
And such is the heart of the gospel in Paul, that it has impacted him so much, that he is, he is moved so much by the gospel that he hears about a church through Epaphras. He's like, wow, the gospel's spreading. Churches are being planted. And I'm going to write a letter. You, you ain't going home without me adding value to this church. And I love this. So Paul starts this whole book of Colossians through chapter 1. And my first point of this today, and I want you to open to Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. The first key, the way he begins this book is to remember the why. Remember the why. It's very important sometimes to remember why we are here, isn't it? Why we're doing what we're doing. What this thing is all about. So Paul begins by helping the Colossians to remember the why. So chapter 1 verse 3 and on, it says, We always pray for you and we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which came from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. It's powerful, isn't it? Who's ever heard of a home truth? Heard of a home truth today? If you've got a family today and you've got children, how many know this? Every now and again, you've got to, you've got to help your kids come back to a home truth. And uh, one of the home truths in, in our household, uh, and my kids, they, they hear this on occasion from me, and it's this statement, Bartolos don't give up. That's the statement. Bartolos don't give up. Now, I get a bit of pushback from my kids sometimes when I bring that statement, because if they're doing something hard or they're bored, or they're just over it and they don't want to do it anymore, they know that dad may bring out this statement that says, come on, man, you've got to keep going. Why? Because Bartolos don't give up. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and the pushback I get sometimes, and from my eldest, uh, of course, uh, is he asks this question, he goes, is that true? <laughs> you've got to tell me, whether did Poppy say that to you? Did your dad tell you that? And I'd be, well, no. But he didn't quit. He never gave up. He didn't say it. But I got to tell you, buddy, your dad is telling that to you. He's like, oh, I don't think it's true, dad. I'm like, it's true today. It's true from now on. Is that this house, Bartolos don't give up. And it's a home truth. And it's something that I bring out. And, and they're learning from it. It's like a value, a value system. And I love that Paul in this statement is that he is trying to bring the Colossians back to a home truth. Remember the why. Remember why you are here. Remember what this is all about. He is trying to paint a picture of the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of what, when they were first saved. What's he trying to do? He's trying to bring them back to their first love 
in Jesus Christ. He's trying to bring them back again through his writing to say, hey, you know, I want you to remember the beauty of who Jesus is. I want you to remember the beauty of the gospel and how much you have taken care of each other and looked after each other. But, oh man, I want to commend you for how much you've brought the gospel to your community. I want to commend you for what you have done. Man, we are praying for you. Epaphras is praying for you daily. We love you. We just want to encourage you. We want you to come back to remember the why. Remember the hope of the glory. Remember the hope of glory. Remember why we do what we do. See, he talks about in there, there is a story to the gospel, a story of creation, the fall of man through sin, the story of redemption that only comes through Jesus Christ, and the hope of glory of the future restoration that will come through Jesus Christ that we are all a part of. He's trying to bring them back to say, hey, don't forget this. Don't get caught up with the ideologies of what is going on in your society. Don't get caught up. Oh, hey, does that sound a little similar to today? You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there's nothing new under the sun. How true that statement is. I mean, back then they had false teachers in the community and that were spreading a different type of, of, of gospel, a different type of teaching. And it was starting to get the ears of some people. But you know, today we have a society that there's so many different thought processes, so many different ideologies, so many different things that people can attach their lives to. Never in history has there ever been a time where you could attach yourself to information as quickly as the phone in your back pocket. I mean, we just said it today. Hey, if you want to register for Kingdom Investors, just Google Kingdom Investors and you can go in there online. How easy is that? But how many know that you can get anything? I know we were driving the other day and, and, um, and uh, we're, we're driving and, and one of our streets is called Sugar Bag Road. And uh, drove past and, dad's, and my son just saw I said, said, Dad, how come that's called Sugar Bag Road? And I said, I have no idea. Yeah. Grab my phone, Google it. So he Googles, why Sugar Bag Road? Ooh. It's very interesting, isn't it? Actually, he didn't even Google. He said, hey, Siri, why is Sugarbag Road called Sugarbag Road? That's what he did. And she said, boom, all these things came up. And I'm like, man, what an age we live in. What an age we live in. But because of the, the, this constant stream of media and music and music videos and and, and, you know, you can kind of tailor-make what you want to listen to. You can tailor-make what you want to watch. You can tailor-make what you want to hear these days. So there's messages all the time. There's voices all the time that are going on. So back in those days, they had people standing in the gates speaking something else. But today, it's, it's getting to your back pocket, isn't it? It's everywhere. All the more reason why I believe that Paul says the message in Colossians, hey, let's get back to the one truth. Let's get back to why we are here. See, there were three things just in this passage of Scripture that Paul is trying to bring the Colossians back to. And these three things are this. This is who you are. Who you are. It's whose you are and why you are here. Those three things. That's what he's bringing the people back to. Come on, remember the why. Remember who you are. And what, what was he saying? Who you are? You are Christ followers. You are followers of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. That's who you are. Don't forget that. You're followers of Jesus. You, I want you to remember today, Colossians, whose you are. You're children of God. 
You're God's people. This is who you are. This is whose you are. You're His. He is yours. You're the people of God. Don't forget that today. Don't forget whose you are. Don't forget what you're a part of. You're a part of the family of God. You're a part of the kingdom of God. This is whose you are. You're His. Don't forget that. And don't forget Colossians. Don't forget why you are here. This great gospel that we have been given. I've heard. I've heard from Epaphras. He won't stop talking about you, of how much you are spreading the gospel throughout your community. Come on, don't stop doing that. Don't stop living the why. Don't stop living what you are called. Don't listen to all the other voices. Come on, come back to the truth. Come back to why you are here. Come back to who you are. Come back to remember whose you are so that you can keep bringing the gospel to a world that is broken. This is what it's all about. And I love that, that it sends a message today to our lives that all the more reason why we need to get back to the truth. Get back to the Word of God. I want to tell you, the Word of God is living and powerful. It is a light unto our feet. It is a lamp unto our path. It helps us know who God is. It, it, is, a, it is a discovery of who Jesus is. I want to tell you, Jesus, He is flavored all the way through the Old Testament. He is flavored all the way through the New Testament. There is a typology of Christ throughout every book of the Bible. You can find Jesus. It is prophetically written, and then it is descriptive told of what he did. Amen. I want to tell you today, you want to know Jesus more? It's in this book. Paul says, remember the why. Not only did he say it in those days, but he says it to us today. Remember the why. The second thing he says to us, and I love the beautiful writing that he brings out here, is this. One of the most powerful things that we can always remember and never forget is that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Christ is Lord of all. In a world we live in today, that statement, it is one of the most powerful things that we can bring to our own lives and bring to the world around us. Colossians 1, 15 to 20 says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. For God, in all His fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through Him, God reconciled himself, everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. How powerful is that? Yeah, you can give God a clap for that. I mean, that's the gospel all wrapped up in a nice little poem that Paul writes. It's poetic. It's the imagery of Christ as the Old Testament is flavored all through the imagery of what Paul is trying to create. And he's trying to let the Colossians know that Jesus is Lord of all. He was there at creation. It was his voice that spoke everything into existence. It was him. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He is the tangible. He is. And Christ, because of Him, everything was created. 
everything you see and touch and have around you, it's all because of Jesus Christ. He is supreme over all creation. What's Paul saying? He's saying, don't fall away from this simple truth. Without Him, there is nothing. You don't exist. I don't exist. It's all because of Him. And don't let a false teaching pull you away from the truth. Is that Jesus is Lord of all. He's Lord over all creation. He's Lord of your life, my life. He is Lord. Whether someone accepts it in our world or not, He's still supreme over all creation. And this is the beautiful truth, that He is Lord of all. But I want to tell you today that saying that statement is still one of the most polarizing parts of our gospel. It really is. Is that Jesus is Lord of all. What it is saying is this, is that there is no other way to truth. There is no other way to life. There is no other way to ultimate reality. There's no other way to anything else but Jesus. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Nothing else can lead that way. It's only Him. And I know in our pluralistic society, it's like, oh, there's many paths to God. I want to tell you today, Paul's not attesting to that. Paul's saying there's not many paths to God. He is the only path to God. The only one. That's what he's saying. And see, the truth of this is that finding that, I want to tell you today, there is, there is no one else more worthy to be supreme and Lord of all than Him. Because He wasn't a God that came and demanded us to sacrifice for the sin of humanity. He was a God that said, I will come, Philippians 2, and I will come as a bondservant. Even though I'm seated in the heavenlies already, I created everything, I will come as a bondservant, and I will die for the sins of humanity. I will sacrifice myself. I'll become a human being. I will do this for the sake of humanity. I want to tell you that if that's not love, I don't know what is. If that's not love for everyone he created, I don't know what is. Because Jesus came, because he became a bondservant and sacrificed himself at the cross to die for our sins, because he rose from the dead, he is now called Lord of all. There is no other name above his name. And he did it all because of his love for us. That's the heart of our God. If there's anyone that's worthy to be called Lord, it's Jesus. Because of all that he has done for us. He brings life. He brings hope. He didn't bring judgment in that moment. He brought sacrifice. He brought love. He brought himself. He offered himself for us. Now, I love the beautiful picture is that Paul is saying that, hey, since, all the, since the beginning of creation, when it says in Genesis 3.8, it says when God came into the garden after Adam and Eve had sinned and he called out, Adam, Adam, where are you? And he came in the cool of the evening. Because God would come every single day and he would walk with Adam and Eve and he would speak to them and, and they would draw from his life and hope and power. This is what God designed. This is beautiful. A Hebrew word is the word shalom, which, which actually means harmony with God. This is what God intended, is that we, his creation, we would be in relationship with him, reconciled in relationship with him. And I want to tell you today that it was it was the incarnate Christ. It was Jesus. The, the, he is God. It was Him walking in the garden. Before He ever came, it was He's God. He was there. It's a, it breaks the noodle a little bit, doesn't it? It's kind of like, how can that, that doesn't make sense. But there's so many typologies of Christ. But as He walked in the garden, 
walking with Adam. He's calling out, Adam, where are you? Where are you? See, God didn't lose Adam. Adam lost God. Because Adam realized, man, I've sinned. I've, I've, I've pulled away from relationship. I've pulled away from who you are. Because Adam got caught up in the lie that you can find life, you can find hope, you can find truth, you can find peace, you can find meaning in something else other than God. That's what he got caught up in, the lie. That's why he got deceived away. And see, that's why God had to come and Jesus died is so that we, we could come back to the, yeah, that's, what, that's what Paul just said, reconciled back into relationship with, with God through the blood that Jesus shed at the cross. That's what the cross is all about. It's all about reconciling back to relationship with God and relationship with each other. That's what it's all about. And I love this is that Paul's saying, hey, the same God, The same Jesus that was there at creation was there with Adam. Same Jesus that came and died at the cross and rose from the dead. And who I'm talking to you about as the Colossian church is the same God today, here in 2019. He's the same God. The same God. He hasn't lost any of His power. The cross and the blood that was shed is still the same powerful thing that saves us today as it did back then. And I want to tell you today, even though this is probably one of the most polarizing statements, it's kind of, the, the, the thing about the gospel is the gospel isn't neutral. It's not neutral at all. You can't kind of water it down and flavor it down where it's like, oh, I'll get a bit of God and a bit of something else. Yeah. Okay, I'll just add a little bit of God. No, no, it's kind of like a whole deal. Yeah. It's like, You've got to accept that Jesus is Lord of all. You created the heavens and the earth. And my life is better when it's surrendered to you. I'm actually a better person in relationship with you. That's the power of this. And that's why it's a little polarizing because it's kind of like, man, you've got to surrender your life to who Jesus is. So what does that mean? For someone today that's maybe on a journey of discovery about Christ, I want to tell you today is that if you're here and you've never known Jesus, we're going to give an opportunity a little later on. But I want to let you know it is the greatest life you have ever lived. It is a great life in this life, but it's got answers about the next life. It's got answers because Jesus brings hope not only today in this life, but into the future for eternity as well. It's an answer, an answer in the world we live in. For all of us who are saved here today, I want to tell you today that the key and what Paul speaks to us in Colossians chapter 1, he's saying, hey, daily come to that place of surrender. Daily come back to that place of saying, Jesus, thank you that you are Lord of all. Thank you that you are Lord of all. You know, I love, this is just personally for me, I love praying that prayer. Just if you come on Tuesday morning prayer meetings, you're going to know that if I'm leading that prayer meeting that day, there's going to be a declaration, hey, let's declare that Jesus is Lord over this coast. Let's declare that He is Lord today. Why? Because there's just something powerful about us coming back into remembrance of the why. Remembrance of the who. And it's Jesus that He is Lord of all. And it's a powerful thing to come daily. Lord, Lord, I just thank You. I know there's so many things. This is how you pray. I know there's so many things pulling up my life. There's so many thoughts and the fullness of life and the busyness of life. But today, Jesus, I want to let You know that You're the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my heart. You're the Lord of my world, and I worship you today. I want to lift you up as God today. You are God. There's so many things that can pull up my life, but today, today, I surrender.
I surrender. And I want to tell you today, there is something powerful in surrender to who Jesus is and his lordship. Because when we surrender all that we are to God, what does he do in return? He brings all that he is to us. Oh, wow. That's, that's the best deal I've ever heard of. You don't get better than that. You're telling me that God, you're bringing everything that you are, your nature, your power, your life, your healing, your deliverance, everything that you offer, your truth. You're, you're saying that I get every part of it, every promise, every blessing, every single thing. When I come and surrender to all that you are, you bring all that you are to my life. Oh man, that's a good deal. That don't get any better than that deal. That's awesome. And you didn't even have to pay the price for it. He did. The only price he does ask is say, come to me. Give your life to me. I'll help you know the best life you can live. I'll help you know a life that you can live with me in it. Does that mean there's no struggles in life? No, I'm not saying that. There are things that we don't understand at times that happen. But I want to tell you today that even in the midst of those situations, you can do it with God or without him. And I tell you today, it's better with God. It's better with God. His power is there. There's some mysteries that I don't understand, and I know that we will understand in heaven. But I know this, is that life is better done with Jesus than without him. And this is what Paul says to the Colossians. Hey, come on. Come on, don't go astray. Don't go off track. Bring bring your life back, because life's better with Jesus than without him. That's the simple truth of chapter one. And... uh, the thing I want to say today is I, I just, I love, I love the heart of Paul. I love this guy. I love Paul because I love his story. Is that here is a man that was once a murderer. If you're a guest today, this man was a murderer. He used to kill Christians. He used to imprison them. He hated Christianity. And then God saved him in an encounter one day and he became a Christian, started to follow Christ. But I love how this, the journey of sanctification and transformation that took place in Paul's life is that here he is suffering for the gospel in chains in a prison in Rome, not knowing if he's going to live or die. And the man gives a rip about some church he didn't even start. Why? Because Jesus took him from murderer to missionary. Transformed him from hard and callous to loving joyful and full of the gospel and full of the life of Christ. He was changed. I'm so inspired by Paul. My prayer over this month is that you would be inspired as well. That we would be inspired by the word of God to come back. And I'm not saying that you're not reading. If you are, come on, let's keep going together. But if you're not right now, my prayer is that you would. And we want to encourage you today. That if you don't have a Bible today, maybe you're a guest here today. We've got some free Bibles that we've got at our Connect station in the foyer. They'll be there waiting for you at the end of the service. If you want a Bible, it's, just, it's a New Testament, but it's a great Bible. And it will get you started on this journey. Outside of that, who loves technology, we also have this app. It's called YouVersion. The Bible app, there's a picture of it on the screen. You can download it for free. There are hundreds of millions of people all over the world that use this app. I use it every single day for my Bible. I use it. I got the, I got the, the real one. But I use it for my technology. And there's translations on it. It's just amazing. But I want to I tell you, God has given us a great time to live in because we can discover Him all the more in such an easier way. How cool is that? 
And I want to encourage us today. Let's get into this book. Let's dive into the Bible again. The blogs that are going out are to encourage us. But one of the biggest things that don't stop with Colossians, there'll be other things going on because God will begin to open up more and more and more in our lives. Why do we do this? Is to get to know Him more. It's to go deeper in our relationship with God. And that's my prayer for us over this whole month of hope of glory. Can we just close our eyes across the auditorium today? Father God, first I pray. I pray for all of us today. That God, if there is anyone here and the Bible has become dry and, and we're not getting any revelation out of it anymore, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would renew that in the hearts of our people. I pray that, Lord God, there would be something afresh that will come around the Word of God again. I pray that your blessing and your grace would pour out over every person today. And I thank you today that, Lord God, the Word of God is living and it is powerful. And, Lord, and I thank you that every heart would be opened up to be able to dive into this. But I pray that our relationship with you, our prayer life, our worship, and our Word is going to go to a whole new level in our lives. And I pray for that every single day. In Jesus' name.